Update from DC. New IRA and 401k rules are coming. Hey everyone, Adam Bergman here, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about potential new IRA and 401k rules that could, could, could become law at the end of this year. So I was in D.C. Uh, last week uh, for an industry conference and got to speak to members of the IRS, DOL, and various um, staffers from the Ways and Means and Senate Finance Committee. So have some interesting uh, updates for all of you, kind of what's going on in terms of retirement legislation, specifically Secure Act 2.0, which I'll go through some of the key provisions that the staffers mentioned. Um, they're excited about it, potentially will, I don't want to say could, I think this, this bill is going to happen according to, um, you know, the individuals I spoke to in DC, um, anywhere from 60 to 85%, uh, the Secure Act 2.0 uh, is going to get passed by the end of this year and signed into law by uh, President Biden. This is a really good bill. Um, whether you're um, Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. There was 414 to five vote in the House back uh, in March 2022, when the House voted on uh, their set of uh, rules in the Enhancing American Retirement Act. And the Senate Finance Committee uh, provided their own unanimous uh, series of um, provisions back on June 20, uh, June 22. And um, we're, we're getting close. Right now, um, there's committees are meeting a couple times a week trying to go through uh, the provisions and try to get a, a uniform bill that encompasses all the key provisions from the House and Senate bills. Um, there's also um, the Senate Health and Education Labor and Pension Committee. Uh, they came out with bills called the Rise and Shine Act, which uh, looks a lot like the Senate version, the Senate Finance Committee. So what's happening now is they're all meeting and they're putting things together and going to come up with one bill that's going to uh, compass uh, the key and most of the provisions in the House and Senate uh, bills, which I'll summarize briefly uh, momentarily. Uh, and I've talked about this in the past. Th these are really good provisions that are going to help all of us save, uh, which is the end of the day, right? I, they, they talked about this, and you know, I think the um, some of the key takeaways was members of House, the Senate, Democrats, Republicans, they work together. If we're not dealing with abortion rights, guns, um, some big ticket issues, then all other facets of government, Democrats and Republicans work together. Okay, it's true. And the re retirement side, the Ways and Means Committee, the Senate Finance Committee is a great example, is Democrats and Republicans in most cases are really in D.C. They're there to help all of us. Okay, no matter all the rhetoric on, on Twitter and social media, people get to DC um, because they wanna help. They wanna do what's right for uh, the American people. It's only in you know the, the big hot issue items uh, where, where you see a lot of division, a lot of um, nastiness, but in most cases, whether it's about economics, budgets, retirement, um, either uh, pensions, health, uh, labor, both sides are working together to try to, to Come up with laws and legislation that helps all of us. So that was, you know, really comforting to to see, and um, something I think we all need to be reminded about is that um, 
it's it's not Twitter in DC. People on both sides of the aisle are friends. They may not agree on everything, but they are very courteous, respectful, and they want to do what's right. Um, and they all they know they can't get what they want in all cases. So there's compromise and there's consensus building, and it's very nice to see. So they're very excited about the passage of what's going to be Secure Act 2.0, and so am I. Um, I think it's super, super positive. So let's get going and talk about some of the key parts of this bill. Um, the first one is the RMD age is going to move from 72 to 75. Um, and that's going to be gradual over the next 10 years. Small distinctions between the House and Senate bill, the House bill, um, the 75, um, age 75 will be in um, um, 2031, whereas the Senate size 2032, um, not a big deal. But ultimately, what's going to happen is the RMDH is going to be extended from 72 to 75 over the next nine or 10 years. And this is the stuff that the, the committees are working out just to get everything on the same page. Um, failures to make an RMD, a requirement of the distribution, they're going to reduce that penalty from 50 to 25% and to 10% if corrected promptly. Both uh, House and Senate. Um, have similar language. This is a good thing. They are, they understand. Listen, folks that are older, uh, there's medical conditions. The rules are quite complex. People forget, right? They just miss the RMD. To penalize them 50% of what they owe, it's a major excise tax. Um, and it's not negligent. It's, it's, it's not inten intentional. Just things happen. So they're going to reduce that potentially 10%, which, which is fair. Uh, another cool thing, they're finally going to index IRA catch-up limits. Right now, IRA contribution maxes, which is six and seven thousand dollars, it's going to go up a little bit next year, five hundred bucks. It's not indexed for inflation. Four hundred one k contributions are indexed for inflation. So finally, they're going to index IRA contribution catch-ups to inflation, which is good. Um, another cool thing, um, if you're a Roth person, is they essentially want to give you the ability to make uh, employer contributions in Roth. So right now, if you have a 401k, the match employer contributions pre-tax, they want to give the employer the ability uh, to do Roth. There's question of whether they're going to force the employer to do Roth or this is going to be optional. Obviously, it's not tax deductible. It's after tax to Roth. But um, this is helpful to the government because obviously they like Roth since it uh, does not reduce taxable income. And some taxpayers like Roth, including myself, because... If you're patient and you can wait to your 59 and a half, the Roth's been open at least five years, you can pull all the other money out tax-free. So that's the benefit and the attraction of doing Roth. Matching contributions for student loans. So this is both the House and Senate bill want to add this provision that says that um, if the employer makes contributions to 401k plans on behalf of the employees um, who are making student loan payments. So basically, instead of making contributions to the retirement account, the employee can say, make it to my student loan payments and the employer can do it and the employee will not get taxed for that income. That would be treated as a uh, contribution, just like a 401k contribution. Uh, it's, it's seemingly uh, the case that the contribution will be tax deductible to the employer and the employee will get student rel relief on their student loans. Uh, the money's not going to go in a retirement account, but it will be going to pay off student loans, which uh, obviously, that's a huge issue for many of us that are paying off uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans uh, that keep compounding because of the interest. 
Another really cool thing I've talked about, and this is something that members on the Ways and Means Committee were also super excited about, enhanced catch-up contributions. So from age 62 to 64, they want to give you the ability to go up to 10,000, okay, instead of um, six or 6,500 um, or, or lesser amounts in a simple, they want to give you the ability to go up to $10,000 um, for catch-up contributions from 62 to 64, which is your prime retirement age, at least supposedly. So um, that's a cool thing. We'll see how that applies to IRAs. It seems like it's only going to apply to employer plans, 401ks, 403s, 457s, simples. Um, so we'll see. I'm all for this. I think after 60, it should just go 60 to 75 um, and just increase it to 10,000, even if it's just Roth. Um, even if you say, okay, we're not going to let pre-tax because we want to uh, protect our tax bases, but we want to give you the ability to save more. Why not extend it up, right? That's generally the ages when people have uh, higher earning powers and are getting close to retirement so they can see the benefits. So I'm all in favor for that. And that, that was a provision that a lot of people on the Ways and Means Committee were excited about and something they wanted to get passed. Another thing was um, leaving behind small 401k balances. They want to make it easier if people um, leave their job and have balances under 5,000 bucks. Their employer can now put it into an IRA. Uh, they want to do that. Uh, if it's under $1,000, you could be cashed out. Um, so, because there's a lot of people out there that work maybe six months, a year, two years in a business, don't even know that the business is making employer contributions for them because they just weren't aware of it. It was just such small amounts of money. Now, if it's under a thousand dollars, they want to just be, should be able to cash it out. Um, whereas before you'd have to roll it to an IRA. So that's a cool uh, thing, cool option. Uh, another cool option uh, provision is that right now, part-time to be eligible to a 401k plan, it's 500 hours or three consecutive years. Well, it's a thousand hours or three consecutive years of 500 hours. They want to move that to two years of 500 hours. So make more people eligible for 401k plans. Um, that's cool too. I'm, I'm all in favor of that. Uh, another interesting provision is they want to have this emergency savings. So basically that the participant could save up to $2,500, which you can withdraw from at least once per month. And they're after tax basis. So kind of like an HSA, right? But you can use it for any purpose, not just health. Um, the Rise and Shine Act had this at $2,500 and the um, Senate bill had this at $1,000 for a personal family emergency. Um, so we'll see how this works. The Senate bill said you can pay it back over three years, kind of like a mini loan. Um, I think they should add kind of a loan feature like a solo to the IRAs, maybe not make it 50K, maybe make it 10 or 15K. So this way, if you take it out, you have a chance to pay it back without just losing it. Um, but this is a step in the right direction. And we'll see where uh, the Senate and House committees uh, fall on this and how they uh, agree to uh, a final provision. Um, what else was interesting? Oh, they wanna set up this kind of missing uh, database. So if you do, um, you know, jump around jobs. 
as I mentioned previously, some people don't know they are enrolled in a 401k because there's auto enrollment. And let's say they're just taking out like 30 bucks a pay period or 50 bucks. You may not know. So you leave your job and you don't even ask about your 401k because you never even knew you were a participant, right? You never enrolled. There was auto enrollment. No one ever told you anything about it or you signed a bunch of documents when you got hired. And um, there it is. You're part of a 401k. So now there'll be some type of database where you can type in your social or some information and, and find out um, if you have a retirement account, kind of like a retirement savings lost and found. There's billions and billions of dollars in there that people are just not aware of. And guess what happens? These funds move from a 401k to what's called a safe harbor IRA. And then the safe harbor IRA administrator over the years just eats up that account in fees. They, they try to look for you and maybe your name is John Smith or Robert Smith. Can't find you. Um, and guess what? Within a couple of years, there's no money left because they've uh, taken fees out of the accounts to look for you. So that's something that's going to happen. Um, that was another thing, actually, the Senate Finance Committee was really uh, excited about. They want to increase savers tax credit. They want to um, make more people eligible for the savers tax credit, which is worth either 50, 20 or 10 percent um, of contributions made to an IRA for a maximum credit of 1,000 or 2,000 if you're married father jointly. They want to um, increase the income cutoff and expand how many people qualify, which is good, right? They want to expand it uh, to 83,000 basically from 68. More people involved, encourage more people to save, save, get a credit for what you save. It's a great thing. Um, the whole concept is this, whether you're Democrat, Republican in the House, Senate, want more Americans to save. It's a good thing. We all can agree on that. It's based off mathematics, retirement system works, compounding returns, Albert Einstein, eighth wonder of the world, your money should double every eight years, assuming an 8% rate of return. More Americans that save, better off they're going to be at retirement, more money they'll have, or half of their family. It's a good thing, right? It's way not everyone's a burden on Medicaid or Social Security. And uh, we have a private retirement system, right? We cannot rely on the government. We hope Social Security will be there in 10, 15, 30 years, but no guarantee. Okay, so we need to take matters into our own hands and the retirement system is the way to do it. Yes, Social Security helps, but it's not enough. You need to have your own retirement accounts or uh, your golden years may not be so golden. Okay, so it's super important and something Democrats and Republicans can all agree on. Uh, auto enrollment. This is what I was talking about. Get people auto enrolled. Statistics show if you just enroll them in a 401k, they're not going to opt out. They're going to just stay in it. And at the end of the day, they're going to have more money when they retire. So auto enrollment works. There's a difference between the House and Senate bills. Uh, in the House, it would require employers to automatically enroll employees in 401k plans for at least 3% and then increase each year. Uh, whereas the Senate uh, has not proposed auto enrollment. Instead, there's a provision that would generally require auto enrollment plans to check every three years. So House is more forceful in the auto enrollment and Senate is a little bit more um, laissez-faire, but there'll be some agreement and there's probably gonna be some middle ground because auto enrollment does work and it's something I think that's gonna be more, um, look, definitely uh, more focused on. 
Um, what else are we talking about? Also, there's going to be an increase for uh, credits to start up 401ks for small businesses under 100 employees. Again, back to our theme, get more American savings, more Americans work at companies. Um, and how do you get Americans to save? You force those companies or at least incentivize those companies to start up 401k plans. So we're going to increase the credit. So then the business owners feel better about starting 401ks. Because 401ks do have costs, right? Besides the annual administration, cost to set up a plan, there's safe harbor, right? Most companies do a safe harbor where it's about 3% match. So if you have 10 employees and the average employee makes 50K, 3% of 50K is 1,500 bucks times 10 employees is 15K, right? That's cash. It's tax deductible. So assuming you have a 30% tax rate, you're going to get a 15% deduction of the 15K, but it's still cash flow that's leaving your pocket, leaving your company's bank account going to your employees. I'm all in favor of Irie Financial does a 4% non-elective to everyone, irrespective of whether they contribute. I believe in helping employees save for retirement, but not everyone does, right? So how do we get more people to offer 401k plans? We incentivize them with credits um, and the credit will be enhanced. Um, what else? Um, statute limitations. So here's some differences in the IRA bill. In the House bill, um, they want to include a statute limitation or add more language that basically um, adds um, for excise tax where you basically, the statute, the three-year statute um, will essentially um, start when the return is actually filed. Um, so there's going to be, um, issues with that. Um, you know, the case of a person required to file a return for that year, the statute will begin on the date the return would have been required to be filed. Okay. So there's more clarity that, Hey, it's when the return needed to be filed. The, this provides the IRS and the taxpayer more guidance as to when the statute runs, um, for prohibited transaction. Generally, the rule now is is if you uh, do a primitive transaction, the entire IRA gets blown up. The um, house bill would only essentially target that particular transaction, not the whole IRA. So if you had a higher IRA with 100K and you did a primitive transaction on 20K, only the 20K would be disqualified and taxable, not the rest. Good, good provision. It's the same rule as 401Ks. They want to now uh, offer that same comfort to IRA. So this way, if you screw up, you don't kill your whole IRA and blow it up. Only that specific transaction gets blown up. That's a good thing. Uh, SEP and simple IRAs, um, they want to add a Roth provision, both the House and Senate. So you can make contributions in Roth. Right now, SEP and simples are pre-tax. They want to give you the Roth. Another theme, other than auto-enrollment and getting more people involved, is adding more Roth options. Why governments need to pay for this bill. And if they can get more people to do Roth, less deductions, more taxable revenue. It's another way to help pay for some of these other provisions. Um, I talked about tapping the 401k for emergencies. Uh, another cool thing is the Senate bill wanted to eliminate Roth 401k RMDs. There's no requirement in distributions for Roth IRAs, but there still is for Roth 401ks. There's an easy workaround because all you need to do is just roll the Roth 401k money to a Roth IRA before 1231, and then you have a zero balance on 1231 in your Roth 401k. So there's no RMD, but they just are like, what's the point of doing all that shenanigans? Stupid, just don't have RMDs for Roth 401ks since they do not exist for Roth IRAs. 
Um, I'm cool with that. And the last provision I want to talk about in the Senate is that they basically, the way it works now is if you set up a solo K in 22, for the 21 year, you can only do employer contributions, not employee deferral. They want to give you the ability to also do employee deferrals. Again, incentivize more people to set up plans, get more people involved, whether it's a sole proprietor, employees, also Rothification, get more people to make contributions in Roth. Those are the two major themes of Secure Act 2.0. The idea is this is going to get passed in the next six weeks. Um, it's going to be part of a larger bill. That there's um, generally um, no chance this gets passed on, on its own, but there's budget bills that need to get done. So this will get passed along uh, these budget bills. I was in D.C. last week and D.C. is dead. <laughs> when I mean dead, I mean there's no one on the streets. Why? Uh, I guess everyone's in their home jurisdictions. Um, doing what they do best, right? Lobbying for votes. Um, it's election time, right? Um, so DC was was so quiet. Um, I guess everyone's still home from COVID. This was my first time in DC since COVID. Um, and it was super quiet, but even quieter because um, staff, members of Congress, senators, um, and all the crew that goes along with those folks are all in their home jurisdictions, looking for votes, campaigning, uh, but I thought I'd see just you know, more lawyers and more uh, lobbyists and just regular DC folks, uh, office folks, but it was super quiet. I went for lunch twice to like a salad place and to uh, another uh, lunch establishment that's usually super packed, really popular, and they were dead. Um, and I asked uh, the individual uh, at the cash, I was like, is there a holiday? Do I not know what's going on today? And they're like, no, it's been dead since COVID. No one's come back to the office. Like, is it even quieter? Like, yeah, it's it's definitely campaign time. So it's even quieter than usual. But even without uh, the election coming up or just past um, midterms, uh, it's still super quiet. People are still at home because of COVID. So uh, if you haven't visited DC and you're planning on just FYI, it's it's good as a tourist because you can. There's a lot you can do. The streets are bare. Uh, I went to a couple of museums. Uh, it was empty. It was so much fun. Uh, but uh, you know, DC's. I love the energy of DC. Um, it just was quiet. So, uh -huh. anyways, but that's my update from DC. Secure Act 2.0 will pass. Um, I say I give it 80 to 100 percent. It's going to happen. It's a good bill. Um, if you remember the Build Back Better bill, which did not pass, thankfully, last September. That was a bad bill. This is a good bill, just like Secure Act 1.0. Secure Act 2.0 is a good bill. Um, if you are in favor of retirement savings, there's nothing bad for self-record IRAs, nothing bad for alternative assets. This is a good bill that's going to encourage more people to save. There's Rothification, which I'm fine with too. Um, but overall, um, the theme, again, is incentivize people to save and get people to save in Roth, which uh, I'm all in favor of. So there it is. Um, I do encourage people to visit DC. Uh, it was good to be back. Uh, I've been there a couple of years and just so much to see. Some new museums popped up as well and it's quiet. So you can pretty much have the city to yourself. Uh, great food. Um, so it was fun to be back and um, definitely check it out. So other than that, appreciate you guys spending some time with me today. Have an amazing day and uh, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't give us a like too um and um take care be well and i'll talk to everyone again next week be well